Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. This podcast includes highlights from the 2022 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville. But first, it was great to welcome Jonathan Kahn back to The Meeting House as he previewed an upcoming movie presentation on May 12th that provides his insight on current events and what could transpire in the future. You'll be hearing from that conversation coming up. Then from Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville, from Oasis of Hope Hospital, Francisco Contreras and Daniel Kennedy discuss the 50-year-old war on cancer and how a holistic approach can help in the prevention and treatment of this often fatal disease. And on this edition of The Intersection, from the NRB Convention in Nashville, Daryl Harrison of Grace to You and the Just Thinking podcast joined me and applied a biblically-based approach to dealing with the issues that divide believers along racial lines. Finally, in an NRB conversation, Rick Green of Patriot Academy offered a Christian worldview perspective regarding American history and the U.S. Constitution, as well as threats to our freedoms today. You'll be hearing from that conversation coming up. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. Jonathan Kahn is the president of the ministry called Hope of the World and serves as senior pastor and messianic rabbi of the Jerusalem Center Beth Israel in Wayne, New Jersey. He is the author of the books The Harbinger, The Harbinger 2, and others, and will be featured in an upcoming film called The Harbingers of Things to Come in theaters on May 12th. In it, he'll be discussing from the scriptures historical writings and occurrences that could point to what America will face in the years to come. Here now from a recent Meeting House conversation is Jonathan Kahn. The template, and it's a, this is a stand, or this is a kind of classic biblical template of national judgment, and that is that that first comes this warning strike on on the land. It comes in the form of an attack. Happened with ancient Judah. Happened with ancient Israel years before the judgment or the greater shakings. And so it comes in the form of an enemy attack, and it's temporary. And it's a, but it's a shaking. It's a wake up call. Well, it happened with America with 9/11, and that that was and it, it was temporary. It happened. We were shaken. There was all sorts of stuff. But hey, let's you know, you know, God bless America. And everybody's rushing to churches. Looked like there was going to be revival for about three weeks, and there was. No <laughs> No revival. And, and, and there was no revival because there was no repentance. And when you don't have repentance, you cannot have revival. And so the template of the, of the harbinger, the template there is that, is that the nation, if warned, and this is ancient Israel, this is, if, if warned, and if it, it's given the chance to return, to come back, if it does not, it's going to get worse. In fact, it's going to, it's going to instead of being away from God, it's going to race away from God. Um, and that's what happened to ancient Israel. And so the thing is, that is what's happened to America. It's not just that the signs appeared, which they did, the nine harbingers begin with 9-11, they start there, but it's not only that, the signs, it's that the, the footsteps that the nation is actually taking. We are replaying the footsteps of ancient Israel. One of the things, of, for those who know the harbinger, is that it centers on this scripture where after the attack, the people make a vow, uh, and it's, instead of coming back to God, instead of uh, repentance or revival, they make a vow that, hey, we're going to come back stronger 
without you, God. Where, you know, they hardened themselves. That's what happened to ancient Israel, but it led them to destruction. Well, America has been doing the same thing, and that's what the harbingers have warned. So we are now at a, at a further on stage of the mystery, which is more dangerous. Mm. And even as I understand it, in that book, The Harbinger, you included a chapter called Things to Come. And I, I have a sense that you, you've touched on it already in our conversation. But what, what did you project in that particular chapter? Yeah, yeah, it's and people can see it in the original book. It's, you know, and it, it's saying what happens to a nation that then continues on um, actually furthering away from God, and, and and again, it's accelerating. We're what we're watching in our culture. But what it says is that the, here are some of the signs that will happen. This, and again, you can they can check it out in that book. Um, it says there will be, the nation will be divided. It will become a divided nation. There will be civil unrest. Think of think of what happened that summer. Um, the you know economic deterioration. Um, uh, the the decline of the nation, like America as a superpower, declining. Um, the natural disasters, um, man-made disasters, um, and really the breaking the breaking up of the nation, the the decline and fall. And we are we have been watching that. It, you know, one of the things the Bible says, you know, that your enemies will will get stronger. Well, we're watching that. We've watched that with China. We're watching. So we're watching a decline. We're watching a fall. And every there's nothing that's not going uh, along the line of the biblical template. But what would you say would be the main thing you would want audiences to get from this film? Uh, to, well, that God is real, number one. That America is in trouble, number two. That God, is, that we have to be ready for what's happening. We, we have to know that God is in charge of everything that's that's happening. Every and there are, you know, the the Bible is still is the word it, behind everything that's happening. Are mysteries from God, and um, God is calling us to be a light to the darkness. This is the time. If it's the dark is getting darker, we have to get brighter. You know, when when you when a watchman sees something coming, which is what that this movie is going to be, you got to sound the alarm, and we have to. We're the watchmen. We have to sound and trumpet the gospel because without that there is no hope. So, and also, I hope that people also not only for themselves but bring people who need to know the Lord, bring people who are unsaved um, on May twelfth because that is, this is what it's all about. Jonathan Kahn here on the intersection. The movie website is harbingersofthingstocome.com. The ministry website address is hopeoftheworld.org. Well, this is the intersection podcast. The director, president, and chairman of the Oasis of Hope Hospital, Dr. Francisco Contreras, along with Oasis of Hope CEO Daniel Kennedy at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the 2022 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville, discussed the 50th anniversary of the war on cancer and highlighted how the spiritual can impact physical health. They have co-authored a book entitled The Art and Science of Undermining Cancer, here now from that conversation are Francisco Contreras and Daniel Kennedy. The philosophy behind the war on cancer is the war against tumors, against the disease. And uh, uh, as Hippocrates said, there are no diseases, there are patients. Because every patient, even though they may have the same disease, they will react in a, in a different way. And that's why we named our book uh, uh, the art and science, because there's a lot of art that goes into medicine. And so our philosophy more is to treat the patient rather than the disease. And uh, by doing that, we have been very successful. In fact, our statistics uh, of the studies that we have been able to publish uh, show that our, our methods 
are much, much better than conventional medicine alone. Now, our therapy is integrative, okay? We have everything available for uh -huh. the patient, but uh, our stronghold is, is really on natural, non-toxic therapies, and uh, that's only a part of it. The, the other part is that we also address the emotional and spiritual needs of cancer patients, and I truly believe that this combination is what has uh, made our treatment so successful. And uh, being very honest, the reason why our success is much higher is because there's a tremendous amount of miracles mm. happening at the Oasis of Hope. Daniel, I wanted to get your take on this whole notion of combining the spiritual with the physical. Cancer does seem to me, and based on what you were saying, Dr. Contreras, to be something that is perhaps holistic in nature. I would even contend that there are perhaps emotional and of course, I'm not a doctor, don't play one on radio, but that there are emotional and even spiritual stressors that could result in someone contracting cancer. Let me, let me ask you if, if that's something that's, that's accurate or a bad perception on my part. And please be honest. That is something that, <laughs> don't humor me. <laughs> yeah, that is something that intuitively my grandfather, who founded the hospital, and Francisco's father, Ernesto Contreras, intuitively he knew that. And so he started the hospital to minister to the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Fast forward a couple of decades, and now the clinical studies have been done and have published that see the connection between your emotions and how your body is functioning. So when you have a thought, if you, or an emotion like sadness, it will depress your immune system. Joy will boost your immune system. So how does it work? When you have a thought, neurotransmitters are sent from your brain to the uh, hypothalamus and the pituitary glands, then, then send signals through the spine and through the blood to the adrenal glands that are going to let out cortisol if you're if you're having a negative. So this is a uh, fun word to try to say. I might even fail, but this discipline is called psychoneuroendocrinology. Wow. Psychoneuroendocrinology. Doctor, Endro please. Immuno. Oh, you're missing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So psychoneuroendocrinoimmuno. Wow. Uh, I would ask you to spell that, but we have a limited time in our interview today. <laughs> it's a long <laughs> but it's fascinating. And, and while this is not necessary, well, go ahead and finish your thought because I've yeah, got another. Yeah, so the connection is is there. But what I love is that the Lord revealed that to my grandfather before the science could catch up. Anytime scientists look at the Bible, the Word of God, and say that's not scientific. It's because their science has not advanced enough to understand <laughs> the it. concept. And so finally the advance has been made and we understand that connection. What still has not been defined by science is that connection from the spirit to the emotions. Mm. But intuitively we know it. And Dr. Contreras explains it best about spiritual fortitude. Well, uh, our reaction to life is with emotions. And our emotions are either going to be functional or dysfunctional against whatever uh, stressor comes against you. When you have spiritual fortitude, your emotions are going to be functional. That's why the Apostle Paul, Paul said, you know, my tribulations and suffering, sufferings are mild and temporary 
in yeah. comparison to the glory that is to come. So he had that fortitude spiritually to have a positive reaction against very negative things. And that's why he said, all things come together for good. Oh. Because lastly, God has the best intentions for you as far as your eternal life is concerned. Daniel Kennedy and Francisco Contreras here on The Intersection. You can find out more online at oasisofhope.com. Well, this is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can learn more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast. There are also links to the Intersection, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple podcast feed. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community, and the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. There's also a link to video content. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations from the Meeting House can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and others. Well, continuing now with this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's the Dean of Social Media for Grace to You, which is the teaching ministry of John MacArthur and the co-host of the Just Thinking Podcast, Daryl Harrison. In our conversation at the 2022 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville, he offered a biblical approach to matters of race relations. From that conversation, here is Daryl Harrison. He did not subscribe to the liberation theology, the, the amount of partiality, ethnic partiality that was preached and advocated and propagated at that MLK 50 event. Now, Martin Luther King was many things, but I would not classify him as a black liberation theologian, but black liberation theology is really what you heard, <coughs> excuse me, being propagated at the MLK 50 event. And I think that's what took so many people aback. Many people were shocked because they expected to hear the gospel preached. Mm. They expected to hear the gospel talked about, but that's not what was talked about. This was the most, uh, you really, it was really borderline cultural Marxism is what it was. And uh, again, that was my first exposure to what that sounded like uh, from well-respected uh, pastors and evangelical leaders within the church spewing off the theology of James Cone, the the um, uh, cultural Marxist theology of Antonio Gramsci, um, and, and and Karl Marx and people of that nature. So, um, but I think what led to that is is the same problem that we're having today. There's two things that I see as primarily problematic within the evangelical church. Number one is the level of biblical illiteracy in the church. Uh, people are not students of the Bible. They're, 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 uh, they scantily read it. They rely on their devotionals to serve as their theological underpinning. So, But along with uh, biblical illiteracy, you have uh, evangelical pragmatism, wherein the church has succumbed to pragmatic ways and approaches and tools to try to draw to the church an unbelieving, ungodly culture. And one, one example of that is the MLK 50 event. They are trying to, those speakers were trying to, to relate to a culture which, according to scripture, number one, shouldn't want anything to do with the church. 
And number two, doesn't want anything to do with the church. So, but the way that event just kind of ended up manifesting itself and, 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 and playing out over those three or four days was, was really shocking. Uh, so, but, but we did do an episode on that where we addressed a lot of that through what scripture says and tried to rectify and correct a lot of that error that was being preached uh, through that event. Mm. Daryl Harrison joining us today here in the Meeting House on Faith Radio from the Just Thinking for Myself podcast. Also, Dean of Social Media at Grace to You, the Bible teaching ministry of John MacArthur. Heard weekday afternoons at 1.30 on Faith Radio. Well, Daryl, I'm looking at the clock on the wall here, so to speak. We're, we are running, <laughs> we're running close to the allotted time. And there is, there, like you said, there is so much here. And, and we hear terms like CRT. Woke, and I and I agree with you. I when I was following the reporting on that conference, I was like, these are some ideas that I'm not, I have not heard, but this is not consistent with my understanding, biblical understanding. Obviously, you and Dr. MacArthur and a number of others who were concerned about this issue that the statement on social gospel, right. social justice, and the mm-hmm. gospel. Mm-hmm. I also know the Dallas statement. Right. I think it was, yeah. and that wasn't that long after that. So, what did you want to do with that statement, just very briefly? Yeah, I think the goal for that statement was just to establish a biblical position, an orthodox biblical position, around some of these sociocultural issues that were beginning to come against the church, issues such as race, gender, intersectionality. Uh, the whole LGBTQ agenda was really not to make enemies of anyone, not to cause an undue uh, disruption within the evangelical body, but it was just to establish biblical orthodox positions on those issues. That, that was the fundamental goal of, of the statement. And Dr. MacArthur yes. preached a number of sermons right. on that topic. Yes, he did. And matter of fact, Dr. MacArthur has said, he's, he's uh, said that social justice uh, and he's, remember, he's been in the ministry for over 50 years. Yeah. He has said that the social justice movement is the most dangerous thing to come against the church in the 50-plus years that he's been in ministry. Daryl Harrison here on The Intersection. You can find him online at justthinking.me. The Grace to You website is gty.org. This is The Intersection Podcast. More now from Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the 2022 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville. The founder of Patriot Academy, Rick Green, discussed biblical principles upon which America was founded and underscored how Christians can be involved in living according to those principles. Here now from that conversation is Rick Green. It's teaching people, not just teaching them biblical worldview, but how to apply biblical worldview. And and we started that with young people back when I was a legislator in Texas, 16 to 25-year-olds. We'd bring them into the state capitol, let them live the life of a legislator, kind of really cement what they really believe. At that age where you're kind of deciding, what do I believe? Not just what does mom and dad believe, what do I believe? And then make them defend that. And so it was all about worldview, but also then application to hot topics of the day. So in that legislative simulation, they would have to defend those those beliefs. And then about 10 years ago, it branched out into constitution coaching. So now we have constitution coaches all over the nation, about 12,000 of them, and they host our courses in their home or at their church. You don't have to know anything about history or government or the law to be a coach. You just got to get people in a room and hit play and then foster the conversation. And the great thing is, Bob, for such a time as this, people are hungry to know what's the proper role of government. How does our Constitution work? What does the Bible say about being a good citizen? And that's what we're bringing to folks. 
Well, and Rick, when you talk about for such a time as this, yeah. I mean, you have people, even those that serve in legislative positions, you were in the Texas State yeah. House of Representatives, you have people in Congress that, you know, even though they swear when they are sworn into the office that they are going to defend the Constitution, but at the same time, they're working against right. the Constitution. You have people that are elected to office in the United States that do not recognize the authority of the U.S. Constitution and just the brilliance through which uh, I believe God inspired men of faith yeah. to actually put this document together. They want to take the U.S. Constitution and tear it down yep. and build up something totally different, which Cultural becomes Marxism. a more, it's a Marxist, yep. socialist point of view. So you've got people sworn to uphold the Constitution that are actually committed to a form of government that is consistent with cultural Marxism. How did we get here? Well, because we stopped following the Constitution and started following the Constitution, is what the I call it. The Constitution. All right. Replaced the written document that we love and that our founding fathers gave us, and that we've modified 27 times. We the people through the amendment process. They've taken that and replaced it with all of these court opinions where they take a phrase here and a phrase there and they throw it into this witch's brew that comes out as the Constitution, and that is what's ruling America right now. It wasn't the design of the Founding Fathers, but we've let it happen. And the only way to stop that is you have to replace the Constitution with, once again, the original intent of the Constitution and the jurisdictional lines that would limit the federal government to only do what only the federal government can do and what only the federal government is authorized to do under the Constitution. Under the Constitution, the federal government can do pretty much anything. They've essentially authorized the federal government to be involved in everything in our daily lives. And that is not the view of the founders. It was not the view of the founders. It is not the actual Constitution itself, but it's going to take a lot of hard work on the on the role of we the people to replace the Constitution with the Constitution. Rick Green joining us today from Patriot Academy. It is the meeting house here at NRB National Religious Broadcasters 2022 in Nashville. Well, Rick, I, I, I'm going to lay out this scenario because you have people that are appointed to the judiciary, whether it be on a federal level, even as high as the U.S. Supreme Court, federal judges, appeals courts, district courts, you got state courts, local courts. There are a lot of courts out there. Now, yeah. in, in generally in local municipalities and in state courts, you have elected representatives. For right. instance, in, in the state of Alabama, our judiciary is made up of elected officials. Same so that's Texas, a, a, yeah. an, another layer of accountability. Yeah. However, you have people that are appointed to federal courts that are appointed essentially for life. Yep. So even when, though the Constitution says for good behavior, <laughs> the reality of what they've become is for life. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah. So of course the question is, so under whose definition? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yes. so when you have an age of this this concept of the living constitution or yeah. judicial activism that's going on. So how does one restrain the court systems? And you've got judges now that don't understand the concept of the separation of power. That's right. They are powers. They are attempting to make decisions as the courts that are actually, according to the Constitution, left up to the legislative branch. That's right. So yep. how do we straighten this out, especially when you've got judges for life? I, I, I know term limits for judges sounds like a wonderful idea, but yeah. is uh, that well, realistic? In, in fact, Alexander Hamilton warned of this in Federalist 78. He said, hey, you don't ever have to worry about the courts taking away your liberty. 
unless the courts get over into the legislative and the executive branch. Rick Green here on The Intersection. You can find out more at patriotacademy.com. Well, it's about time to close out this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on The Intersection. There are also links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And there's The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. You can also connect to video content. Plus, you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.